it's New Year's Eve, the end of 2023. And today I'd like to talk to you about finding gold in your garbage. Wouldn't that be great, taking out the rubbish and there's gold at the bottom of it. Woohoo, I've struck it rich. So who takes out the garbage in your household? How many of you have tied it off, all ready to take it out? This is me. And as you lift it to the bin, something wet is inside and it's dripping liquid all over the floor as you get out to the door. It's yuck and you're like, what am I going to do now? Or you've stuffed it so much and so full because you just simply do not want to take it out. And then as you just get to the door, you're just about to go out, the bottom breaks and it just spills everywhere. There's this guy called William Ruthie, and he loves garbage. He really likes it. And this Harvard-educated researcher is convinced that we can learn a lot from society by the trash dumps of the world. And archaeologists have examined trash to study all about a society. His organisation is called The Garbage Project. What a wonderful name. And he travels all across the USA, excavating landfills and documenting eating habits, dress styles and economic levels. And Ruthie is able to find the meaning in our garbage. I remember many years ago when I was attending Bible College in New Zealand and a lot of the married students, they battled to find part-time work while you were studying, but a lot of them became local garbos and they would be emptying all the rubbish that was put out at night. But to get the, give the men dignity, we would, uh, when someone said, what, what do you do with that? The guys would say, oh, I'm an executive refuse collector. And we always were amused by that. Yeah, right, right. This garbologist, Ruthie, learned a lot by looking just at our junk. And what if we learn to do the same? Suppose we change the way we view our garbage that comes our way. After all, don't we all face our share of garbage? Health bills, mortgage or rental payments, divorce papers, pay cuts, bad medical reports, disappointments, and even betrayals. What do you do when a whole entire truck and dump of garbage comes your way? What do you do? On Rathie's wall is framed this headline he found in a paper, Gold in Garbage. And that's what I want to talk about is gold in your garbage. This garbologist finds treasure in trash. And there's so many people today, and perhaps you're one of them, that you find this old thing and you think, oh, you know what, I could really restore that. I could really make it look good. And you do, and it's wonderful. And there's many on the Lifestyle Station, which I enjoy watching, there's many of things where they do that. They restore things and they make it look wonderful. But these sort of things aren't the same as the garbage that takes a real toll on your life. And if you were going to find gold in your garbage, then you are going to have to be very intentional about it. Jesus did the same. What everyone else perceived as a calamity, he saw as an opportunity. And because he saw what others didn't, he found what others missed. Think about that. Because he saw what others didn't, he found what others missed. Early in Jesus' ministry, he said this about our vision in Matthew 6, verses 22 to 23. Your eyes are the window into your body. If you open your eyes wide in wonder and belief, your body fills up with life, light. If you lift squinty eyes in greed and distrust, your body is a dank cellar. You know, there is so much more to life when we see things through God's eyes. I love this verse in Ephesians 1 verses 18 to 19. 
I ask the God of our master, Jesus Christ, the God of glory to make you intelligent and discerning in knowing him personally, your eyes focused and clear so that you can see exactly what he is, it is he is calling you to do. Grasp the immensity of this glorious way of life he has for his followers. Oh, the utter extravagance of his work in us who trust him endless, endless energy and boundless strength. Jesus knew all about garbage. On the night before his death, a landfill of woes were just tipped all on him. His first thing was unanswered prayer. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus, aware of what was coming, that he was going to have to go to the cross, offered an anguished appeal to God, whilst his sweat was like drops of blood. And we hear his cry of despair in Matthew 26, verse 39. And going a little farther, he threw himself upon the ground on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not what I will, not what I desire, but as you will and desire. This was no calm, serene hour of prayer. Three times he went to his father to ask, hoping there might be a less painful alternative. Never has earth offered such an urgent request and never has heaven offered a more deafening silence. The second thing was unfruitful dreams. The very people that he had come to teach mankind, having envisioned them coming to live a better way and to save them being lost to an eternal hell, are the very people who had now come to arrest him. And then he had the unbelievable betrayal. Then we see Judas arriving with a few hundred soldiers and a crowd. Surely in a group this size, there'd be one person who would defend Jesus. He came to the aid of so many all that teaching, all those miracles, now we'll see who's going to value him. And so we wait for one person who will declare, Jesus is an innocent man. But no one does. Not one person speaks out on his behalf, not even his own disciples, who he had poured so much time into. It was a very bitter pill to swallow. The people he came to save didn't have his back and many turned against him. And then there was abandonment. In Matthew 26, verse 56, it tells us that all of Jesus' followers left him and ran away. For such a short word, all sure packs some pain. All Jesus' followers pledged loyalty and yet all ran away and totally abandoned him. The disciples had left him, the people had rejected him, and God isn't saying anything. From a human point of view, Jesus' world looked like it had all collapsed. If we were reporting what was going on, we would have said Jesus was neck deep in garbage. But that's not how Jesus saw it. He saw something entirely different. He wasn't oblivious to all the trash that was heaped on him. He just wasn't limited to it. He just wasn't limited to it. Have you ever allowed the garbage in your life to limit you? That relationship that isn't working? That career move that isn't taking shape? Your endless attempts to try to save a deposit for a home or attempting to start a family? Or perhaps the situation that shows you life isn't turning out quite like you expected it to turn out? 
unwanted garbage comes your way all the time. Haven't you been handed your share of heartache or mishaps? But what do you do? You could hide it, pretend it doesn't exist so people don't know, perhaps even disguise it by working longer hours and being busy, 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 taking on new commitments or responsibilities, upping your social calendar so you're continually with people, numbing the pain. But people really aren't fooled. The worst thing about garbage is that it eventually is going to stink. We have a big garbage bin at home, so it takes a lot to fill it before we've got to take it out. So as the week goes on, sometimes I open and it's like, wow, what has Sean been cooking? You simply can't hide it or disguise it. You need to deal with it. What you need to do is find gold in your garbage and move forward. God doesn't want you to be bogged down with life circumstances. He wants you to have a hope-filled heart, just like Jesus. As we are hours of 2024, are you allowing that circumstance to limit you? Or do you allow God to work something more in your life, bring some gold in your garbage? Somehow Jesus was able to see gold in the garbage good in the bad, purpose in the pain, and God's presence in the problem. Couldn't we all use some vision like that? Christ found good in the bad. Knowing Judas was about to betray him, he looked him squarely in the face and sincerely said in Matthew 26 verse 50, my friend, go ahead and do what you have come for. What Jesus saw in Judas that was worth calling him a friend is really hard to fathom. But in that instance, Jesus still saw some good in in Judas and didn't write him off. If Jesus could find good in the bad, then surely we can do the same to those that have hurt us. Jesus was finding gold in the garbage. And not only did Jesus find good in the bad, he found purpose in the pain. Matthew 26 verse 54 said, it must happen this way to being about what the scriptures say. Now Matthew 26 verse 56, it says, all these things have happened so that it might come as the prophets wrote. Jesus chose to see his immediate struggle as part of a greater plan. That plan would involve securing your future and eternity and revealing God's glory. Jesus was finding gold in the garbage. Do you find gold in your garbage? Martin and Gracia Burnham married with work in their hearts. They found gold in their garbage. For 17 years, they served God in the Philippines. Their valuable skills were essential to the work that they were doing. And while they were celebrating their 18th wedding anniversary in 2001 at a beachside resort, They were taken hostage by a militant terrorist organisation. Though chained to guards, marched through jungles, enduring firefights, running for their lives with health deteriorating, their faith remained sturdy. In 2002, they were caught in crossfire in the West, the Philippine Rangers attacked. One bullet entered Gracia's leg, another took Martin's life. She was left a widow. Did God mess up? Why didn't he protect them? How do you explain such a tragedy? And as you're thinking of theirs, 
How do you explain yours? The tension at home? The demands at work? The bills on your desk? Or the tumour in your body? And the list could go on. You aren't taken hostage, but you occasionally are taken aback by God's silence. Some of the garbage in your life tends to keep your vision hostage to what's happening around you. Yet God wants you to learn from the things and from his perspective. He wants you to trust him even when you can't see the plan or the purpose yet. And that's no easy thing. But it does get easier and easier and it comes through a relationship with him. His character and his traits rub off on you and it takes on a, life takes on a whole new meaning as we find gold in our garbage. Well, chained every night to a guard, Martin Burnham always wished his captors a good night and told them about Jesus. Not only that, they never complained and their life showcased Jesus. They did their work and they volunteered for more and the Burnhams allowed God to use their, su their suffering for his glory. Because of Martin's death, nations around the world heard of Christ. Millions saw on TV the forbearing figure of his wife and heard a moving interview with Martin's father who said God would get them all through this. Every major network gave priceless minutes to the story of a man who loved Christ more than his own life. Through Burnham's struggle, God was seen. Through Burnham's death, God was seen. And through your problems and mine, may he be seen. Of all the treasures Jesus saw in the garbage, this is the most significant. He saw his father. He saw his father's presence in the problem. Matthew 26, 53 says, Surely I know I could ask my father and he would give me more than 12 armies of angels. And while Jesus didn't need to physically see all those angels in front of him, he knew he could ask for them because he knew his father was listening to him and he knew his father was close by. Jesus was finding gold in his garbage. In all the garbage that Jesus had to deal with, he saw a reason to hope. And that hope involved you and bringing you into relationship with his heavenly father. Hebrews 12 verse 2 says, Looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right-hand throne of God. While Jesus certainly wasn't wrapped in the process that was ahead of him, he appreciated the value of it and hung in there for you and for me. He traded the stars for a chance at your heart. Minnie Richard Smith wrote, Diamonds are just ordinary chunks of coal, that stuck to their jobs. They saw the process through to completion. Another one I like is a smooth sea, never made a skillful sailor. God never promises to move, remove us from our struggles. He does promise, however, to help us to look at them. Our solution is not to avoid troubles, but to change the way we see them and to find the gold therein. In the Old Testament, 
When the children left Israel, of Israel left Egypt, God made sure they were loaded up with gold, living under the cruel reign of the Egyptians. That might have been their garbage, but God made sure they took plenty of gold with them. His plan was not to leave them there, but for them to move forward. And God's plan is never to leave you with your garbage to stink. He wants you to have hope in your heart to find your gold and move forward because there's so much more and he wants you to take you to a higher altitude so you can have a much bigger vision and perspective. Perhaps you may be watching and you don't know God at all, little less see things through his eyes and find gold in your garbage. You know, while we are never separated, we're never, ever separated from God's love, we push ourselves away from him and distance that relationship we have with God by our sins. I heard on social media one time, they asked this guy, how could a loving God, how could such a loving God allow people to go to hell? And the guy replied, oh, he doesn't. We choose to go to hell ourselves by not asking God to be in our lives. He longs for relationship with every person. The sacrifice to pay the price for all of mankind's sins, past, present and future, had to be someone who could die. It had to be someone who was human. If they didn't die, it wouldn't be a sacrifice. And Jesus, who was God in the God, part of the Godhead, had come to the earth. Jesus was in human form, who was always part of the Godhead, chose to limit himself and his power to only what every other human had access to and to identify with what we go through. And he chose to be that sacrifice because he knew how much his heavenly father loved mankind and wanted to restore the relationship that had been broken through sin. Your sin and my sin. There was definitely no purpose in there was sorry, there was definitely purpose in Jesus' excruciating pain. But the good news is that Jesus didn't stay dead. Because he was also perfect and he had always kept God's law, he had earned eternal life. He that was he he automatically would have eternal life. He was resurrected to life on the third day, thus proving he has the power over eternal death. And when we are in a relationship with him, we are also gifted eternal life. Now that's gold right there. Mm -hmm.